0: You're listening to the Flying Goat Farm Podcast with your host, Lisa Check. This podcast is for people who love yarn and fiber and sheep, who love to knit and crochet and maybe even felt. We will be talking about the crossroads between keeping sheep and goats, making yarn, and expressing your colorful self. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 8 of the Flying Goat Farm podcast with me, Lisa Check. Before we get into it, here's what's happening on the farm. Um, I'm recording this in mid-January, and um, while we're on the East Coast, we're in the throes of getting storm after storm after storm. Some of which will be rain, some of which will be sleet, some of it will be snow, some of it will be um, ice. Yeah, it's my least favorite time of year, Um, probably because uh, we have a lot of hills here. I'm always worried about falling, Um, and it's just more work. So when you have um, really frigid temperatures, then the water basins are frozen. And sometimes even if it's been like a freezing rain or something like that, Even the gates are frozen closed. So sometimes I have to take out boiling water to just get the gates closed, I mean, opened, um, and to um, unfreeze the water basins. So it's just more work. Um, Also, when we're snow covered like this, there's no grass to eat. So that means that, you know, putting hay for everybody um, twice a day and making sure that the chickens, um, are getting enough to eat. And, um, we're actually growing wheatgrass in, um, plastic buckets for them. Uh, they love it so that they can have, um, some greenness in their life too. Um, and the, the guineas, you know, they are out and about, excuse me, and they've been actually circling the house. And so, um, So we have had to put out um, grain for them every day. Um, They'll go and eat out of the grain buckets of the goats and sheep, but also around the house we're putting out like bird seed. We're feeding the birds as well. And um, so it's just that kind of season around here. Um, Everybody's getting a little bit extra, and it also means that it takes a little bit of extra work on our part. So here's a recap of season three. It's been all about creativity, what it is, what it's not, um, the fact that we can strengthen our creativity, we can honor it, um, we can work to be more creative in our everyday lives. And the last three podcast episodes have been about nurturing creativity in children, which was really fun. I got to talk to three really good friends about how they raised creative children. There's also a whole episode with a bunch of resources um, and each and every time I give you creative exercises for you to try. You can do them um, yourself, you can do them with your family, um, and it's just some fun things to do to get those creative juices going. But today we're going to be talking about What keeps us, what holds us back? What are the obstacles to creativity? Oh my gosh, there are so many reasons why we don't create. Um, And, you know, just speaking for myself, um, sometimes we think that we don't have um, enough time to start a new project, or we feel like um, we're afraid that it's not going to be good enough, or um, I don't want to use all my good stuff because it won't be good enough. Um, I'm sure I'm sure you have uh, said that a time or two if you uh, if fear is one of the things that holds you back. Um, you may have other obligations if you have um, work. I mean I know that so many people are still working from home, which means that you don't have to spend that time on the freeway. But if you're back to working in the office, you know, you may have less and less time. Also, you know, kidlets, um, soccer, dance, piano lessons, all those kind of things can, um, they, they need to take time as well. And those judgmental voices inside your head, maybe you have tried sitting down and uh, pulling out some some pencils or some crayons or some uh, markers and you hear those judgmental voices in your head and those stop you from doing anything. And I'm here to tell you every creative person feels these, Um, but the point is, is that you need to be able to push them aside and create anyway. So today we're going to look at some of those obstacles and about how you might set them aside, just some... um, Ideas of how I have been able to set them aside. Sometimes, not always. Sometimes those obstacles get the better of me too. So perfectionism, oh my gosh. So perfectionism is the enemy of progress. It's the enemy of joy. It's the enemy of creativity. Because when we um, pursue the perfect We lose the joy of making, we lose the play of making, we lose the serendipity of making and in today's instagram world it looks like everybody else is living this perfect life and they're making beautiful food and beautiful clothing and beautiful artwork and they live in beautiful homes um in, in beautiful rooms inside beautiful houses overlooking the ocean or in down you know in downtown paris or you know they have um you know some of the things on instagram just are so Unattainable for us, but the whole point is that's not reality. You know, every day cannot be you know living in a beautiful room in a beautiful home in the middle of Paris overlooking the Eiffel Tower, or you know, on the cliff in Pacific Palisades and watching the dolphins go by. Although I did, I did have a life like that at one point, uh, but it's not every single day. <clears throat> I'm having a little um voice issue today so excuse me the point is that life is messy life is imperfect and we need to set aside the need for a perfect outcome and enjoy the messy process last podcast the creative exercise that i gave you was to make a mess and i don't know if you did i hope you did Uh, My picture that I'm showing here is me making a mess, trying to get at the dye um, parts of black walnuts. And boy, is it a messy process. I didn't even show my hands, but you have to wear gloves for that because um, the black walnuts stain your hands as well. And then there's our friend fear. I mean, maybe a fear of failure, like I'm not good enough. Um, I don't know how to do this., um, it's gonna look crappy. Um, I'm you know i I can't I, I can't waste my um, my good uh, materials on something that might be cr- crappy. or it might be a fear of success. like well, what if I do this and and I really get into it, and I really like it then how in the world am I going to be able to put this into my life? How am I going to be able to um, make this a practice? Um, And the fear can paralyze us. Um, Maybe you fear that someone is going to judge your work, that you will feel rejected or humiliated. So, you know, why do you, why even try? Um, Because, you know, why put yourself out there if somebody is just going to be judgmental about it? Um, one way to look at it too, is to think about um is it fear or is it also a little bit of excitement? because excitement can also masquerade as fear. and um the reason I say that is I was reading about um, you know actors on Broadway or any kind of performance actor or performance artist. And, you know, they get butterflies in their stomach and, you know, you have quote unquote stage fright, but potentially when you really look at it, it's also just the excitement You've, they've practiced, you know, they've done rehearsals, they know their lines, they know their steps, they know all that stuff. Still, it feels like fear, but it may be excitement. And if you can make that um, change in mindset, then potentially the fear can melt away and you can feel it as excitement. So my, my idea for this is to delve into that feel, fear when you feel it. So what's behind it? So, if it, for instance, if you decide that, you know, you're going to sit down and, you um, make a drawing and you you have been told you can't, you don't know how to draw. But so you start to feel a little bit of fear. So look at it. Look at the feeling, feel the feeling. Um, don't try to avoid the feeling. Um, what is behind the fear? Is it, some, is it a fear of judgment? Is it a fear of, you know, using stuff um, that you would want to use later? Um, is it a fear of, um, success, like, oh, well, maybe if I like this, I'm not going to be able to find time in my life for this. And think about, can you change it back into excitement? Can you tell yourself, oh, hey, I'm just trying something. Um, I'm just playing around. You know, it's, this, is, this is not, uh, you know, rocket science. This is just something that I'm uh, trying to play with and then get to work. That's my suggestion. Okay. Then, So then there's the committee. And I've talked about this before in this season. These are the voices that are uh, um, in your head. Um, I learned about the term, the committee from Jane Dunewald, but really my committee has been with me ever since elementary school. Um, when I was told that I didn't know how to draw and therefore I couldn't be an artist. So um, I've always had people, quote unquote, little people in my head Um, It may be they may be people that you um, actually know that are in your life that you have set up into this committee. For instance, for me, um, one of my committee members is my mother who told me I would never be able to draw. And 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 so I could never be an artist. She's part of my committee members. Um, It could be somebody that you um, regard highly. And you would love them to love your work, but you're afraid, for instance, for me, again, that person might be my Angelou. So if I'm sitting down to write a poem, I might hear her voice in my head or, you know, it's not, And then, come on, it's not really her voice. It's really, again, those fears and those that lack of self-esteem, lack of confidence that is becoming embodied in these voices in your head. And, you know, they may say you're not good enough or m- that's mine. Mind says, who do you think you are? <laughs> you know, an artist, you got to be kidding me. Um, yeah. You know, those kind of things that they're saying, or if you are starting something and let's say um, you're maybe sewing something and you get a little pucker, like this has happened to me and you get a little pucker and the person says, and, you know, you're the, the Person, the committee in your head says, See, you can't even sew a seam right. Um, you know, those kind of, of comments are, you know, going on in your head all the time. And there's only one way really to deal with them, and that is to fire them. You have to banish them um, when you go into your creative place, whether that is, um, you know, in front of your sewing machine or You know, sitting down to try a new um, stitch that you are knitting or a new stitch that you are sewing or embroidering. When you get to that creative place, kindly or not so kindly, tell them to get lost and shut up. And a lot of times that really works. And then there's comparing And all of these things, I hope you can see that all of these things are kind of interwoven. Um, So comparison causes us to doubt ourselves and our creative efforts. Um, And again, it comes at us as a judgment, as perfectionism, and as the committee. Um, Maybe you're looking at somebody who um, does the same kind of work that you want to do. And you think that, oh, I could never be like that. I could never do that. So why even try? And social media has become a place that fuels negative comparisons in all areas of our lives, just like I was talking about before. Um, You know, it could be the way that somebody uh, dresses that you don't dress like. It could be somebody making beautiful food, uh, but your family really likes macaroni and cheese um, you know those kind of things um it's the negative comparison really kills our inspiration and it kills our energy and One of the things that I always try to remember, whether it's that when I'm comparing myself to somebody that I see on social media or whether I'm comparing myself to somebody in real life, like, you know, another dyer at a a show or something like that. Remember that you are comparing your insides, the way you feel, the way you think of yourself, the way um, you think of yourself as an artist, you're comparing your inside to somebody else's outside. You know, you're comparing yourself with all your quirks, And, you know, the the fact that things that you know, the secrets that you know about yourself, you're comparing those things to a mirage that somebody puts out to the world. You're comparing your fact with their fiction. Because anything that goes up on social media, it can be um, edited. The pictures can be photoshopped the um, if they're showing a process for instance um, there can be editing where they take out bloopers or they take out um, specific parts of um, of the video that they don't want you to see that maybe you know would tell you more of the whole truth and so remember that you know Don't compare your your insides to someone else's outsides. There can be positive comparing as well, and that would be to to look for inspiration from other people's um, work, from other people's um, social media stream. And I'm not talking about copying what they're doing, I'm talking about taking inspiration in that wow, so if, you know, if that person is, again, I'm just going to go from my own world. If that person is able to do spreckling on yarn using that technique, maybe I should try that. I could look and see if I, if that would work with the yarns that I have and the systems that I have for dyeing. So, Comparing can be um, a positive thing, but most of the time, you know, as well as I know, it's we're comparing ourselves and saying, wow, they're so much better than me. You know, again, the committee, who do you think you are? Um, why are you doing this? And it just brings us down. It just doubts ourselves makes our makes us doubt ourselves, and it stops you again, it puts you in that. Um, place of um, inertia or just stopping the progress that you would have. Which leads me to the, the the idea of inertia when you're paralyzed by the fear and the comparison and the perfectionism and the judgment of your committee, you become, you can become paralyzed. You can become inert. You can think, well, you know, instead, I'm not going to create today um you know, it's too late that you not a million excuses. It's too late in the day or um, I don't really feel like it or, um, you know, all kinds of things. I'll just I'll do it another day. And so the wonderful materials that you have and the wonderful ideas that you have are there again, just sitting in their boxes, sitting on the shelves and um, not and you're not using them to express yourself. And so there really is only one solution. And that solution is just to start. You got to start somewhere. And again, this is something that we've talked about since the since episode one of this season. Start small. Start messy. And start playful. Um, take a look at, at the past creative exercises um, that we've done. And... Again you can do something small maybe it's five minutes a day maybe it's 10 minutes a day. Maybe if you're going really small it's two minutes a day and notice what it feels like to just be in that space for that period of time. So you're gonna say, well what can I do in two minutes? well you can take a picture you can find you can you can uh, manipulate some things in your, house uh in your drawer whatever and you can take a picture that's a creative thing that takes like less than a minute you could and then with the second minute you could you know take that into some kind of photography um editing program like prisma or um in or something like that and you can play around with it that that would take another minute And you would have a piece of art that you made um, in two minutes of that day. You have five minutes, write a poem. You know, make a quick sketch of something. Um, So just just start. Do something small. Five, two, five, ten minutes on that first day and notice what it feels like and then build on that. Okay, maybe you can't do it every single day but maybe you can do it once or twice a week, build on it, put it in your planner, say to, you know, I'm going to, you know, and be specific. Don't just say creative practice, like say, okay, I'm going to write a poem or I'm going to take a picture or I'm going to um, arrange some flowers or I'm going to, um, pull out some yarn that I think will go together. Just do it. The only solution is to start. And then if you get those visitations from the perfectionism, the committee and so forth, you just tell them to shut up and go home. You know, for this two minutes, you're not allowed to come into my, my, my space. You can't come into my body bubble you know, get out of this room for two minutes. You can come back in two minutes, but this two minutes or this five minutes or this 10 minutes is mine. And I'm just going to play and I'm going to make something um, that is totally new just from my imagination. And hey, do this with your kids. I think that would be a fantastic place to start or your grandkids. Um, And You know, do it, do it as a family. Um, You can set a two minute timer and have everybody like take a picture on their phones. And um, that would be so much fun because each person would have um, such a different, um, they have a different creative eye. They have a different perception of what looks good. I like that. That would be fun. And that's not even what my creative exercise for this um, episode is. So um, just to get at some of these, the fears um, and the perfectionism, um, the creative exercise for this time is to um, a little bit of writing. So the first one is make a list of five things that you might get wrong. and, And when you start a new creative project and I'm saying get wrong in air quotes, you can't see that. Make a list of five things you might get wrong when you start a new creative project, whatever that might be. Then add to that list. What are five things you might get right when you're starting a project so that you can see both sides of that. Um, and I love this one. I found this one in the book, Conscious Creativity, what I, which I talked about in the um, episode on resources. She suggests making a multiplication table okay, and it, could be uh, an addition or subtraction table as well, um, especially depending on like if you have young kids that are learning their multiplication table, you can do this alongside what they're doing their homework. So instead of having giving it a an answer, um, mathematical product, you give the the answer becomes an object, or an idea, or a color, for instance. In the square on the multiplication table, if you go two times two equals, and I just put love. Maybe three times two in your mind equals blue. Um, so you just go through those, and again, it's about um, being playful. Number one, number two, not putting specifically and intentionally not putting in the correct answer. Um, instead, you're putting in some playful answers and it can, you know, open you up to new and creative endeavors that way. So try that. So until next time, I hope you stay warm during these cold months. I hope you take some small steps to strengthen your creativity and really start using it um, I'd love to hear from you. Leave a comment, ask a question. And until next time, happy making. Well, that's this episode of the Flying Goat Farm podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review. Have a question you'd like me to answer? Send an email to goatherd at flyinggoatfarm.com. And to see our farm and yarn and roving, check out our website at flyinggoatfarm.com. Follow me at Flying Goat Farm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm GoatHerd on Ravelry. Until next time, happy making!